Hello, this is Automators, and this week's topic is project templates. I'm Rose Orchard, and joined by my co-host, David Sparks. We're going to talk to you about how to automate your technology to do your work for you. Hi, David. Hi, Rose. How are you doing? I'm doing great. We uh, we got through July. I had trips. There were fires. There, You, you name it, I dealt with it. But I, uh, you know, one thing that really helped me was I was able to automate all my project creation. That's one thing that went well in July. Yes, I have to say project creation is, template creation is just so helpful when you're you're getting really busy because you've got so many things going on at once and just being able to be like, click, and you have that list of stuff that you need to deal with without having to sit down and go, did I remember widget A or is it widget B for this? Yeah, that, that, that's, a, that's a stress saver as well as a time saver. Yeah, I guess let's let's go a little meta on this before we get into the details. Uh, a few years ago, I read a book called The um, Checklist Manifesto. Don't even remember the author's name. Didn't prep for this. Sorry. I'll put it in the show notes. But it was a good book. A guy was a surgeon talking about how checklists really help you get things right, not make mistakes. And I felt like for the, the day job, the lawyer job, that would be particularly useful for me to have a lot of checklists because I represent a lot of companies and I don't want to get anything wrong. But it's true for everything I do. So uh, I would make these checklists. And then uh, a few years ago, Omni Group made it possible for you to template projects into OmniFocus, which is my task manager. And uh, that just changed everything for me. I mean, the ability to generate those project templates allows you to auto-create very complex projects on the drop of a hat. And if anything you do as a student, as a as a business person, as a firefighter, or whatever you do for your living, if you do anything repeatedly, uh, turning those into simple things that you can enable with one button is a total game changer. If you look at my workflow slash Siri shortcuts list of actions, a big chunk of those are OmniFocus project templates. And at this point, it's to such an extent that I think I probably create more tasks for myself on templates than I do by typing in individual tasks. Yeah, I, I have to agree. I, I've, I've got to the point now where for a lot of things, there's is the same sort of things that I need to do. So I need to make sure, so I'm a programmer. And so for example, I would need to make sure that I have database tables, that I, I've set up the, the standard calls that I'm going to need to make as functions and things like that, um, so that I can make uh, things work faster and more efficiently. And also so that everything... Uh, not just my project, but also my code is in the same format every time. So the people working with my code actually don't have to go, wait, what order do these bits go in again? It, it's very clear for them because it's always the same format. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's very useful and it really helps me get work done. So if you've got anything in your life that is a similar project repeated, this is something you want to look into. And I, I almost would argue that almost anybody could find a use for this if you do, you know, if you're managing tasks through an application. Uh, we're going to focus on OmniFocus a lot today because both Rose and I use it, but we are going to cover um, things and a few other apps that that do some of this too. But we're going to focus on OmniFocus because that's where we're spending our time on it. Um, and the, uh, yeah, I guess... The, the another point I'd make is that it doesn't have to be identical projects. It can be similar projects because once you start using these, you'll see, well, we'll talk about it today and we're going to share some, uh, you can add variables to these. So names and labels and even, you know, dates and timing can change if you set it up right. So once you set one of these up, it can be uh, for similar projects just as easily as it can be for identical projects. 
Yeah, I mean, one of the templates I'm going to share today is it's not a template in the sense that you would think of. It asks me several questions and then it generates the project for me based on that. And I mean, this is, you know, it's something that is completely flexible because every time it's an, it's for my essays, every time I get a new essay, guess what? It's got different parameters on it. But actually, you can still make a template out of that. And even if you think there's nothing in my life that I can template, do you ever go on holiday? You have a packing list. That's a template. Yeah. And one of the beauties of this, and I just, I don't want to overwhelm everybody at the beginning of the show, but think about the fact that a template does not have to make just one list for you. Um, as an example, when I get a new legal client, I I run off a single script that creates a, a project template to get the retainer agreement prepared, a project template that gets the, the whole, you know, set up on the computer for the new client. And then a project template that does a bunch of other things as, you know, the new onboarding process. So uh, there's multiple lists that can come out of one script. So uh, not only do you have to uh, consider making single project templates, you can have multiple project templates. So uh, your life can get a lot easier with this stuff um, if you just spend a little time setting it up. Definitely. And it, it's well worth it. I mean, sometimes you always have to think with automation, you know, how much am I get, how much time am I spending automating this versus how much time is it going to pay off? But I find with project templates, even if I spend a little bit more time automating it than I would like, it actually really helps me because it helps me evaluate my task management system and go, am I doing this right? Am I doing this wrong? Um, and, and to make sure that things really work how I would like them to. Can I, can I just go down a rabbit hole on that for a minute? Because it's a very common, you know, chart that people look at to say how much time do you spend optimizing something versus how much time does it save you over the lifetime, you know, of whatever you're doing. And I understand the math of that. I understand that if like um, if you spend um, you know, 5 hours optimizing something that will save you 1 minute once a month, uh it's going to take a long time to get that back. But I think there's a couple things that people overlook in that math quite often. The first is if you're spending five hours learning something that isn't just going to help you save that one minute, but it's going to give you the skill set necessary to find all sorts of minutes you save uh, with with little additional time. Because like, like for instance, these uh, OmniFocus uh, project templates, we're going to talk a little bit about how you create those scripts. The first one, you're going to lose money on that. You know, you're going to lose time on it because learning how it works is just going to take longer than it's you're going to get back. But once you have the system down, you can duplicate it and create new ones very easily. And suddenly that starts working for you. So um, don't be really hard on yourself with that math when you're first learning a new skill. If it's something that's repeatable or usable in other automation um, automation scenarios. Definitely. And it's one of those things, especially with something uh, that's completely new to you. Yes, you're going to spend a lot more time automating it. But at the same time, if you're enjoying it, that's not a waste of time. You've got to do things that you enjoy in your life. And I know I love automating things and, you know, sitting down, playing with code, things like that. Maybe you don't love sitting down, playing with code, and you are just here and you want to take our automation and run with it. That's great. Do that. Uh, but if if you have an interest in learning these things, it's, it's well worth spending some of the time on it to do that. Yeah, I totally agree. And it, it's just delightful when you get this stuff in place. And like for me, I, uh, when a, a new client says, okay, let's, you know, let's start working together. And I agree that I want I accept them. I just open up series shortcuts or workflow. I tap one button, type in their name and just a couple other variables. 
and then OmniFocus gets populated and Trello projects get shut, set up and like all this stuff that would take me, you know, realistically probably a half hour to do gets, you know, down to a fraction of a minute. And it just, it just makes me so happy. Now that didn't happen overnight. It took a while to get that stuff tuned, but it definitely pays for itself. Yeah. And the great thing about this as well is if you come across something when, for example, in your case, when you're working with a client that, oh, right, I should have probably covered this in this setup project. We can add that not just to that project, but you can go back and add it to the template as well. And then you're never going to forget it again. And that that's where project templates really pay off for me. They're constantly evolving. They, they're really always exactly the same thing. So Yeah. yeah. And let's, so as we're talking about that, let's, let's kind of stumble into some of the template stuff we use. I Since I'm talking about the law practice, I'm going to just share a couple. Um, but like for one of my favorites is I often, I'm largely a transactional attorney. You know, people hire me to write contracts for them and help them negotiate deals. So, you know, there's two scenarios. Sometimes people will say, I need you to create a contract. And then the other one is some people say, you know, somebody that wants to do business with me just gave me this contract. Can you review it for me? And those are two different project templates for me. And uh, for instance, the the project template, I'm sorry, the contract uh, template review, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm running it here while I talk, so I make sure I get everything listed, um, is, a, you know, it's, it's a different set of problems than someone just asking to create a new one. And so what I do is I just open up uh, series shortcuts or workflow or wherever, you know, whenever you're listening to this, and it asks me two things. It asks me the name of the client and the type of contract once I once I trigger it. And then once I do that, it goes ahead and creates a project template for me. And in that project template, it's got a whole bunch of stuff that I have to do. I mean, I have to save a copy to my network. You know, I have to save a copy of the contract. And because one of the things we do is we track it. You know, we track versions as we go back and forth. You know, and then I have to, you know, I usually try and get on the phone with the client and discuss, um, you know, what their goals are and what the work they're doing is. Because just because someone gives you a contract doesn't mean you have a full understanding of what, what your client's doing. And that that changes the way you review it. Then I have a whole process where I go through and I review it and I mark it up. And, um, and then I create notes for the client. And then we do a telephone call afterwards. And then I create revisions. And it's about a 12-step process to go through. And, and even when I get to the end and we finalize a contract, then I have a task that's three months later where I send the client an email or call them up and say, how's that thing going? You know, now that we got mm -hmm. it to over the goal line and you signed it and you're doing the work, you know, in the first three months, are there any problems that we need to address? Sometimes you find that, you know, the contract doesn't really reflect what you ended up doing. So we need to get on the phone with the other side and make adjustments. So um, all of that stuff, um, if I were to sit down and type that out, or try to remember that every time I got a new contract review for a client, uh, it would take a lot of time and, uh, mm. and I'd have to keep a list written down or something. You know, and, and none of that's necessary. Now I just open up, um, uh, workflow or Siri shortcuts. I have to say that for the next month. I can't wait till they release iOS 12. So we can just say Siri shortcuts, <laughs> but I, I open yes. up the appropriate app. I push the button. I type that in and it just happens for me. Mm -hmm. And that's just one example. It's a simple thing, you know, where it's, it's the only variables I'm using are the um, the name and name of the client and the name of the contract, but it's it's just you're running a script. 
Yeah. And that's great. I mean, I found for me the best way that I created some of these project templates because, I mean, creating a project template is not just something that you sit down and boom, here's a nice pretty project template in front of you. You need to sit and think about it. So one of the things that I did and uh, is I, I looked at previous projects I'd done um, and I actually copied them out. Um, if you copy from OmniFocus, you get task paper, but every project management application out there or task management application out there should have a way of copying a project and exporting it in some kind of format that you can manipulate. If it doesn't, please <laughs> maybe look look into that and find out why you can't do that because if you can't get your tasks out, I would be slightly concerned. Um, but uh, So I copied them out into task paper format and I actually used drafts. Uh, it has a task paper formatting. So task paper is a it's a it's its own task management system actually, but you can use the formatting with applications like OmniFocus, and it's great because then you can look at that and you can see okay, what tasks did I have as my basis? Okay, what did I forget here? Look at another one. Well, I did this in this project, but I didn't do it in that project, and then put these things together to really create the true project template as a as a starter. Yeah. So so task paper is the language. I guess I'm putting that in air quotes if you could see me that you use to create these project templates for OmniFocus. And task papers is a separate tasks system. So uh, the way it works is you'd have um, a line of text, and then under that you would indent one piece. It's, a very, it's like almost a, a, a plain text task management system. Mm-hmm. But there are, there are tags you can put, and they usually use the at symbols. For instance, mm-hmm. uh, this one for the contract review project, it starts with, it says, you know, contract review project for client. And then at the end, it says at parallel, open paren, false, close paren. So if you can visualize that, that the parallel tag, which is where whether the project runs all the tasks at once or one at a time, I'm setting that as false. So the, what we've got is a task, is a we're creating a project where it only exposes the next available action because the contract review process is very linear and you have to go in a okay. specific order. So I've got an app parallel false. Now, I know this is going to make somebody's head buzz as they're listening. And if you really want a lot of help with this, uh, I hate to say this because it's like self, uh, what is it, um, peddling my stuff on the show. But the, um, the, the OmniFocus field guide has 45 minutes that teaches you how to write these, these, these scripts. At the end, you know, the, the latest update has a lot of stuff in there. So um, you can get that if you want. But anyway, so... So then you go through, and then the next one, I would say, save to uh, storage. And I'd say, save to client storage. And and I'm going to talk a minute about variables, but then you say, at context tech. And that is in OmniFocus, I have a context called tech, and you're just giving it a specific tech. Uh, tech. And there's a whole bunch of these tags, like at flagged means that you're making it a flag task. You can mm-hmm. also set um, defer dates and due dates with these. So you, you write out the project in this kind of sort of task paper code. And then the actual workflow, and we're going to share this, so you're going to be able to look at this. In fact, I'll share this one. I usually don't try to share legal stuff, but I don't see anything bad with this one. Um, Where it's real simple. You ask for an input. You say, the first thing you do in workflow is say, you know, what is the type of contract? And then the person answers with text. You know, he answers and says, what's the name of the client? And then you answer with text, and you set variables to both of those. And then you take, you combine that task paper text that I was just talking about, you put that into a text field, and then you drop in those variables you've collected at the appropriate places. So like in the first line where it says contract review for client, the word contract and word client are variables. Um, So you're inserting. So if I were to say, 
um, you know, underwater basket weaving contract for rows, those would be the insertions that go in there. And, and that's all it is. And then the last thing you do is there's a simple um, action in workflow and series shortcuts, say, um, add task paper to OmniFocus, and it just creates the project in OmniFocus. It's, it is a um, one, two, three, it's a six step workflow. It's not very much to it, but you do have to understand that tax, task paper stuff. Well, one of the things that I've done, uh, I, I like to use Drafts, uh, which is a fabulous application for automation. And uh, I actually created an OmniFocus um, task paper action group. So if you're if you're going, okay, I want to insert a tag. Uh, for people who are, are aware, OmniFocus um, switched from one singular context to having the option of having multiple tags from Omni, uh, from version two to version three. Yeah. Um, and you can use context still in the task paper. That works absolutely fine. Or you can use tags. You could use both, um, though um, you should make sure that it doesn't conflict ideally um, so that one of your tags is in the context uh, field. But I've, I've created an action group. So if you're there going, okay, I want to add a, I want to add a tag. You just press the tag and it inputs that for you. So you can just type into the tag section directly and then keep going and it's got all of this already prepared so you don't really need to think about it it's uh it's there and it's nice and easy to use which is very very helpful and we'll share that as well yes um the uh and like my one of my one of my biggest complaints about workflow slash series shortcuts and i've spoke with ari about this is the uh, text field uh it's not very Mm. easy to work in um if you have more than a few lines of text like trying to scroll around inside of it is hard it's almost impossible for me on the phone with my ham ham fingers, but the uh, on the iPad I can more or less work around it. But it, it's just not very convenient. So using something like Drafts to to do that text heavy part really makes a lot of sense. Definitely, and I mean one of the things that we haven't talked about yet is uh, storing these these templates. Where where do you store them? So clearly you're storing some of them in uh, shortcuts or workflow. I'm storing some in drafts. Are you storing any of your templates anywhere else? Yeah, I, I've got in Ulysses just a folder set aside with a pile of these things, and I yeah. write them there. And and then what I do is, and like I said, I've got like thirty of these things, these templates, and a lot of them, you know, it started with one or two good ones, and then I you know, like the one to create a new contract versus um, edit an existing one, they kind of, whatever one I did first, I copied it and then just started making changes from there. But, Mm -hmm. and then what I do is I write them in Ulysses and I just use all caps terms for what are going to become variables once you put it in workflow. Because, uh, and that's the problem with the text field in workflow slash, slash series shortcuts is, you've got to go in and manually assign those variables in the app. You can't do that anywhere else unless Rose mm-hmm. knows something I don't. But the um, I, I do know something that you don't know, but keep going. Okay, so the way I've traditionally done it is I go in the text field, I select the all caps terms, and then I replace them with a variable or a magic variable. How are you doing it? Well, I mean, uh, there's the replace text function actually in Workflow, which is very powerful. And what you can do is you can set you can set it to match case, and this works really well for you because you write your variables in all caps. So you could have your text field, and you just paste into that, or you could even theoretically have it get a Ulysses sheet by the Ulysses sheet ID, so you can keep editing it in Ulysses, and then just grab that sheet every time, and then you can use the replace text to uh, just replace the all caps thing with the variable that you're looking for. Yeah, I considered which, I considered using Ulysses like as a data source that way, but my my concern was I, I need the stuff to work all the time, you know, and yeah. um, 
And if for some reason Ulysses hasn't downloaded the file or, you know, you know how it goes. Um, yeah, yeah, cloud definitely. storage, all that stuff. And honestly, once I set these things, they are kind of set and forget. If I need to make a change, I will go in and just tweak it a little bit in the uh, yeah. automation app. But yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. But the, but the, the uh, text replacement was a good idea. Yeah, and you can do the same thing with drafts as well. You could store a file in iCloud or Dropbox um, and use that as a basis um, as well. Um, one thing I do is I store some templates in OmniFocus itself in a folder called templates. I'm, I'm very creative at naming these things. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I wrote a guest post uh, for Coulter uh, Reed on his blog about replacing um, the variables. So um, I'm sure you've actually written a blog post about it. You tweaked Kirk Clifton's Apple Script template for yeah. projects at some point. Yeah. Uh, I did the workflow version of that yeah. um, and posted about it on his blog for him. And uh, so you can grab the variables. And what uh, Kurt originally did, I believe you kept it as well, is uh, they use French quotation marks. Yeah. Uh, so for people who aren't uh, aware of what French quotation marks look like off the top of your head, uh, that's two uh, smaller than or less than symbols um, on one side, and it, it's a special sim. Uh, it's a special symbol. It's not just writing two smaller than sides and then two greater than symbols at the other end, um, and that's um, and you enclose a variable with those, and then I can go through and parse that out um, with uh, the. It's a set of two workflows there, and I'll make sure that there's a link to that post in the show notes as well. Yeah. So, and when you think about that, and, and honestly, this has been an iterative process for me over the years. Like I used Kurt Clifton wrote an amazing script in the old days. I think I even worked with OmniFocus version one that you would use a, a an existing template project you created and you ran you ran it from inside OmniFocus that was actually quite powerful. Um, but uh, putting it all in workflow for me was kind of the magic moment where I could just open up workflow and press a button and just make this stuff happen. Um, yeah. and one of the things I didn't mention is uh, the add uh, task paper to OmniFocus action and workflow has got increasingly more powerful. Uh, and like when it first started, it would just dump the project in your sort in your in the at the root level of your projects. Now you can put them in the inbox. You can attach them to a specific folder or a specific project. So depending on what you're doing, like. Uh, I have one uh, whenever I sign up a new sponsor for maxbarkey.com. You know, somebody that wants to sponsor the blog for a week. Um, I have a project template I run, and that, that has all the things you think it would have. It, like two weeks before the ad runs, it reminds me to email the sponsor and ask for artwork and talking points, and you know, all the way through the end of billing and confirming I get paid. And but I don't need to put those in the root level of my projects because I have a specific folder that holds all of those sponsor projects in OmniFocus. So mm -hmm. when I run that um, script, it just drops the um, the list right inside the um, right inside the uh, the folder that has that. And it's an interesting thing about that one because I haven't talked about this yet. Is the two things it asks me for is the date the ad's going to run and the name of the sponsor. And using date math in OmniFocus, and we'll make sure we post at least one sample that has date math in it. Um, you can use that date to do all sorts of things. So um, if you are if you have a sales presentation that's due on May first, you can have it you know give you tasks at May first minus thirty days. So thirty days in advance, you start getting warnings and all the things you need to do. 
Yeah, that's that's one thing that I really like, and I'm pretty certain that Things has the ability to parse dates like this as well, um, where you you ju- you can just type in May 30th minus 30D, and it will figure out, hey, that's minus 30 days and done. And you don't you of course it's possible to calculate all of this stuff in workflow in advance, um, and depending on which task management application you're using, that may be the best solution for you. Um, but it's it's really really useful to be able to just do that as part of the template, especially if you know that things, this is going to happen here and then two weeks later that's going to happen and then 24 hours before this event that's going to happen and so on. That That's really useful. Hey, let's uh, just go back and forth with a couple of our favorite project templates we're currently running and, you know, any tricks we had to do to make them work. All I right. Ju- I just did one, so you go. Okay. Uh, well, uh, I, I mentioned it earlier and I'll go into a bit more detail now. Uh, essays for my master's. I'm currently studying uh, for my master's in computing software engineering. And uh, as part of this, I have to write a surprising number of essays, uh, which I actually enjoy. But one of the thing, one of the things that I like to do is every time I complete part of the essay, I like to check it off. Uh, I am very, very success oriented or goal oriented in that respect. So what uh, I, I do is I have this guessed, temp- Rose. Never would have guessed. <laughs> <laughs> well, what this does is it starts by asking me how many uh, top level questions there are. Uh, so, for example, say there are six questions, and then it goes through each of those and it asks me how many subsections there are. So, question one might have part A, part B, and part C. And then for each of those, it will ask me if there are. Um, Sub questions again, because sometimes it's question one, part A, uh, section I, and then uh, so on. It does Roman numerals from there, in which you would usually speak as numbers, but that's confusing if you're listening. Um, and uh, and then I go through and it generates that and adds it to my OmniFocus for me, which is so nice to use because then I can take everything off. And it says the whole project have a due date of when the the essay is due. Actually about 12 hours before the essay is due, just to make sure, and uh, adds it all to my OmniFocus for me, straight into the project for the current uh, the current uh, module that I'm studying. I have one. Uh, I talked about the, the legal stuff, but I also have them for the nerd side. Like, uh, I have one for an automator's episode. And it, that's a very simple one. You know, it just kind of goes through and it asks me what the publish date is, what the recording date is, what the episode name is. I have two versions of it. I have one that is for that has shows with a guest and one that has shows that, that does not have a guest because with a guest you have to add a whole bunch of tasks to confirm with the guest that they're going to be there and get mm-hmm. them the appropriate information and even send them a thank you note after the show publishes. Uh, but it's like a 14-step thing where I go through and everything I need to do uh, in the process of creating a podcast from starting the outline to, you know, dealing with sponsors and recording and doing post-production, all that stuff just goes on a checklist for me. And I do one of those for every episode of all the podcasts I make. And it started out as a Mac power users template. And then it expanded to a Mac power users template for shows with guests, because I realized I needed a separate one. Then when I started the free agents, I duplicated those, and made it for the free agents with some small tweaks, like changing Katie to Jason and then Jason to Mike. And then uh, <laughs> and then when we started the show, I duplicated them and made them for automators. And and like this show, because this show has the YouTube and the, the uh, screencast production in, I had to add pieces for that as well. So it's kind of morphed over time into six very uh, similar but different project templates. Mm-hmm. But I have a total of six that deal with uh, the creation of podcasts. 
We really ought to compare our uh, our podcast uh, project templates because yes. I have I have one I I have just the one it's a workflow workflow for uh, automators as well and it asks me uh, which episode it is and depending on um, whether or not you're going to be posting the show or I'm going to be posting the show it adds some slightly different tasks so it adds some extra things for me if if uh, I'm hosting the show and things like that and other stuff and it's 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 very useful to make sure that I don't forget everything especially because I'm new to all of this. All right, let's hear a new one, another one from you. <laughs> All right. Uh, the next one is uh, travel templates. Uh, I like to travel, love to travel. And uh, it's really nice to have uh, something so that I don't get somewhere and realize, hey, I was planning to go from A to B, but I didn't book or research any kind of transport to get from A to B. Huh. What do I do now? Um, and uh, that did previously happened to me in a very long ago life when I was not using OmniFocus. Um, but uh, yes, so I now have a travel template uh, project. Um, and it's, uh, I don't actually use OmniFocus for my packing list. I use an, another application called TripList Pro, uh, which is really nice. It integrates with TripIt. Um, but uh, this this tells me, hey, don't forget to pack clothing, don't forget to pack technology, don't forget to pack your carry-on, things like that, just so that I've got the big picture items so I can make sure that I've got things. And after this most recent trip, when I forgot my purse on the way here, my purse being wallet in American, uh, and I had to be rescued by a lovely friend who got a taxi to the airport and dropped it off, I will be adding pack purse to that list. I didn't know that. So a purse, so, I, I, so men carry purses as well. No, men carry wallets. What Americans call a purse is what British uh, women usually call a handbag. Okay, so I got confused. Then what is what? What do what Americans call wallet? What do British people call that? Uh, if it's for a woman, it's a purse. If it's for a man, it's a wallet. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. Okay. There you go. I'm getting cultural there. knowledge bonus from today. <laughs> um, the uh, <laughs> I I got myself in so much trouble walking around London this year, but I, I think <laughs> I should probably skip that. Um, so so I listened to uh, Mike Schmitz, who's a co-host on Free Agents. Um, also has a book called Bookworm, where him and Joe Bulig uh, read productivity books. They, they, they're they're animals. They read like one a week, and they you know I I read like one in ten that they cover. If they both really love it. Um, then I may read it. And, but I decided I don't, if I'm going to read it, cause I'm not, you know, I'm not as into productivity books as, as Mike is. And, and I understand both sides of that argument, blah, blah, blah. But the, uh, well, if I do decide to read one of these, I want to make sure I get something out of it. And, um, so I have a little project I run every time I pick up one of those types of books and it just involves, you know, getting the book, reading the book, um, taking notes and then kind of like summarizing for myself. And then I even have a thing at the end about sharing it if I really liked it, as there's some people that in my life that I think could benefit from reading that book or even maybe checking in with Mike, who is the reader of all of those books. So I, I have a little uh, OmniFocus project template for how to read a book. So I don't think you get any <laughs> nerdier than that. No. I mean, sometimes it, it, it is the easiest way to make sure that you really get things out of it, especially I find project templates can be quite good if I'm struggling with a project maybe because i'm not sure where to start or maybe because i'm just not so keen on the project once i've got the template it's easy to look at it and go if i just spend five minutes doing this first action well i've got the ball rolling i've done something and then i look up four hours later and go okay well that's that's progress so uh it, it's a nice uh, anti-procrastination tactic too yeah yeah it, it, but i guess the point is I think I'd like to get across is that this stuff can really help you. 
And yes. the more you can automate it where it's just part of your life, it becomes a habit. And once it becomes a habit, it gets to be really powerful. Yes, definitely. You got any more you want to share? Uh, I, I do have a few. I've got one for my blog posts. Uh, and uh, this, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out the best possible workflow for collecting blog post ideas and so on. But for posting a blog post, I have a little workflow that just uh, adds certain things. Uh, it depends on if the blog post is blog post or, for example, if I've recorded a a podcast episode with somebody other than David, then uh, it, it prompts me through a couple of things and adds a reminder um, to to post it as well and uh, make sure that I get everything right, uh, just because there are a couple of things there that might need tweaking in the background, depending on exactly what I'm doing. And uh, that's, that's a nice, helpful one for me. I've got a whole fleet of uh, these project templates based on production stuff, like if I'm making a video, if I'm making a screencast, if I'm making a screencast for somebody else's software as opposed to a screencast for one of my books or video projects. So, because um, there's a ton of things you need to do in that process. And I absolutely rely on templates for all of that. Yes. Yeah. It's really, really useful. I'm just checking uh, which other ones I have. Um, of course, I, I have one uh, for uh, creating an automation for somebody else. So if somebody has asked me to help them out with an automation and I'm giving it a go, I've, I've got time to do it. Then uh, I have a couple of things which are questions that I should prompt them for and uh, other things like that so that I really understand what I'm doing. Yeah, I, I've got them for a bunch of the um, the legal stuff. Like if someone asked me to make a new company for them, that's a checklist, you know, it's, uh, you know, I've got a bunch of them here. They, it gets, it starts to get kind of get into the weeds of the law stuff. One thing I'd like to add to this. So I talked earlier about how, when you run what the, the advantage of doing it through workflow or series shortcuts is you can stack them, you know, you can run multiple project templates yep. on one set of variables, but you can also add additional applications. Like on the podcast one, you can have it at a calendar event on the day that you're recording the podcast. Or yeah. like I usually try to spend an hour or two before recording doing preparation for the recording. And so I can create a second event uh, two hours before to, to prepare for the show. And Or you can open apps that are friendly to this type of automation like Ulysses or Bear and write text. You know, So just, just think it through because once you collect those variables to run the template, and that's the reason you're collecting them. What else could you do with those variables so you don't have to type it again somewhere else? You know, just think about it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really really useful as well. And uh, I mean, some of my my projects are are just you know they're quite large. So what I've done is I just duplicated them in OmniFocus, stuck them in the templates folder, and then I share it from the template folder into uh, Workflow, and it goes through and it fixes it for me, adds me, asks me for a couple of the variables, and done. That's it. So it it does save massive amounts of time and more importantly it saves me time after i've completed the project because it doesn't turn up that hey i actually forgot xyz that was super important yeah rose and i will screencast a few of these and uh, yes. publish them with the show by the way can i just say um i know how many people download this show and i look at the numbers of the views on the youtube screencasts we make and they are a small fraction of the number of you listening to the show so i don't know if we're just doing such a good job that you don't need to watch the videos or you don't care about the videos. But if you want the, us to keep doing the videos, you should watch them. Because uh, it's just kind of shocking to me how few people are watching those videos. Yes. 
But uh, we are on YouTube and we do have a channel where all of these are and uh, we've we've titled them so that you can easily find it. So if it was an episode one thing that you're looking for, then you can find it. And uh, we have had some really nice comments on it. People asking for things, people talking about them in the forums, which is great. But uh, yeah, it'd be nice if some people watch them as well. Well, I mean, I, I don't mind. I mean, if if people don't really care, we it, it's quite um, time consuming to make them. So mm, if, yes. if people don't care, we'll you know we'll figure that out. But the um, but I, I don't know. I I'm thinking I'm taking the optimistic view. I think we're doing such a good job that they're just sitting down and just creating them. They're like, I don't need to yeah. see no stinking video. I got it. <laughs> yes. Uh, one thing we we should mention, of course, is OmniFocus is definitely not the only application that you can automate project templates in, is it? No, it's not. And and most of the you know the, I think the upper tier task managers have tried to account for this somehow. Uh, Things has got a whole um, a whole system for it. I played with it a little bit. Honestly, I haven't gone into it nearly as deep as I have with OmniFocus. No, uh, but we do have some links for the show notes where uh, I've col- I've had a look around and some people have got, got some things together where they figured out um, how how they're automating things. Um, I did used to use Todoist for my work projects, and one of the things that I did for that was uh, I used Excel, and uh, Excel is one of those uh, tools that you can do an awful lot with it. Sometimes you can do a lot of things with it that maybe you shouldn't necessarily be doing. Some people use it as databases, uh, but it's great actually for tasks. If you remember episode one, calendar events, uh, I had this crazy workflow uh, where um, I was creating a series of events in numbers and importing them into Fantastical. Um, And it's, uh, you can use date math in numbers or Excel and you can then export that as a CSV, and a lot of task management applications will take a CSV as input, and Todoist is one of them. And so you could theoretically create an entire project in a spreadsheet and then import it into the task manager of your choice, which is quite useful too. Yeah, and, and one point I'd like to add to all of this is, before you write us and say, well, what about JavaScript for OmniFocus? You know, that's new, and that automates task management as well. And I say... You have a very good point, and just hold on. We'll get there. <laughs> yes, we'll get a separate there. Separate episode, but we'll get there. Well, Rose, uh, are you uh, inspired to go create more templates? Yeah, I think I think I need more. My 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 list of about approximately forty, most of which are work related and kind of boring for most people, um, are, are looking kind of small at the moment. I think I need to add add to that. Maybe double it. Is eighty templates a good number? Yeah, I think uh, like even just like silly things. If you're one of those anal retentive people that likes to like write down every movie you see and take your thoughts on it, you know those people are out there. You could you could create a template for that. I mean, no matter what you do, I mean, I think if it, if I was a student again, I could see how I would template the heck out of that process. Oh because yeah, because there's Definitely. just so much of it that's repetitive. Um, yeah. The um, but anyway, we're going to do some screencasts. We're going to show you how we do it. Hopefully, inspire you to create a few of your own. And and I do want to say that that you know the return on that investment does kind of hockey puck. How they call it? hockey stick? You get a lot of return if you just spend a little time on it. Once you get rolling, yeah. you make one or two. Then you even just take one of the ones Rose and I are going to post and just duplicate it and just start making changes for yourself. Uh, yeah. this, this stuff makes a lot of difference. Yes, most definitely. It's it's extremely powerful, and all you have to do to get started is play, basically. So I highly recommend it. 
Amen, sister. All right. Well, that does it for the Automators episode five. Uh, let us know how you're doing with this stuff. We've got a forum and uh, love to hear from you in there. Uh, that'd be a great place to share some of your own templates and project management templates. Uh, if you're, we do have a bunch of links for you if you're on things, but if you have some things, stuff you want to share there, please do. Cause Rose and I, neither one of us use it every day. So we're not the best people to give you advice on it, but we'd love to see talk on that in the forum. Uh, anything else, Rose? Well, you can find that forum at talk.automators.fm. And uh, there are a bunch of very lovely Automators fans in there who have been doing all sorts of crazy and wonderful automation things. So it's a good place to go and visit, regardless of whether or not this episode has everything in it that you need. There will be something extra in there, guaranteed. So it, it would. So what you're telling me is it'd be helpful if I gave the name of the website. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I, I'm just following up. <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll see you all in two weeks please go watch the videos enjoy all the extra content we give you and yes. uh keep automating yes and you can find me on twitter and microblog at rosemary orchard david where can people find you uh at maxsparky.com wonderful and uh yeah we will see you in the forums <laughs>